welcome to Vision Scope, a program designed to educate and inform on matters relating to disabilities. My name is Wilbert Williams. Glad you could join me for another in this series, Vision Scope. Today is a very special day in the history of Vision Scope because today um, we celebrate the 200th program. This is episode 200 in the series. You will recall that when Vision Scope first started, it was intended to tell my life story. As time went on, I decided to broaden the scope of the program and we started looking at other people's life stories and, you know, special interest features and all sorts of new things crept into vision scope. But the main idea remained the same, and that is to educate and inform and to motivate not just people who are disabled, but also to inform persons who are not disabled who want to learn more about um, issues confronting persons with disabilities and how we are coping. So I'm extremely happy that we have attained this milestone and it is worthy of celebration. Today we have another very special guest. He is Edwin Franklin, um, also known as Eden the Wise. Um, he is well known on UVC radio because for a long time he did the weather not just in the Caribbean but uh, he gave global weather reports and so recently King Rocco and I sat down with him and we chatted and he told us his life story. He is a blind meteorologist and we found that very fascinating and also he um, is a minister of religion. I'm sure you're going to find his story enthralling and fascinating so sit back and listen to this gripping episode. We have a special guest to start our program off today. He is a man who we have heard, we used to hear quite often on UVC radio. Doing the weather, yes, doing the weather. He he was the weather. The guy, the guy used to say the Caribbeans. <laughs> so, Eden, welcome. Thank you guys for having me. And technically, I would say both. I'd say Caribbeans and uh, Caribbeans. Uh, 
Yeah. But it, yeah. it is a pleasure. It is a yeah. pleasure to be around Chris. Tell us, uh, you are known on radio as Eden the Wise. What, what mm-hmm. is your real name? My real name is Edwin Franklin, Edwin Lonnell Franklin. Edwin Franklin. But yes. but but for radio, Eden the Wise is quite a pretty name. It's a it's a nice, nice handle to have. It 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 comes with a price, you know. Uh, a lot of times wisdom comes with learning and Sometimes you have to knock your head around and mm. fall down and go through some things and you learn from it. And then you wake up one morning and you have known a lot of things that you didn't know before. Take us back, Eden, to your early beginnings and and, 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 and tell us a little bit about, well, first of all, let's start off. Why don't you um, tell our listeners a little bit about your early background? Uh, well, I, I was born and raised in San Antonio, um, was dealing with uh, vision problems my whole life. Uh, people noticed it when I was one or two. I would either bump into something or I would fill around for something, and they kind of thought, well, something has to be wrong. Uh, and so when they took me to the doctor, they had diagnosed me with retinitis pigmentosis. Uh, since then, it's it's been a bit of a struggle, uh, especially growing up in elementary and middle school. I had these glasses that were like, really thick to help me see so you could imagine bullying came into play uh a lot of issues i had to deal with uh, a lot of uh obstacles i had to kind of overcome because of my blindness um but yeah i got through it i mean i was the guy that well since i wasn't kind of hanging out with the popular kids it gave me time to learn a few things you know i was always um well well educated you know always stuck to the books um a proud nerd growing up. Um, but as I as I grew up, I had to learn a few things um, just to kind of cope with life. You know, hey, I'm blind. I have to learn how to deal with certain aspects, uh, live a certain lifestyle, um, you know, cope with uh, things that I can't do that my friends can do because they can see. Um, just a lot of things that I had to kind of overcome uh, through learning and educating myself and just kind of getting through it as I grew up. Uh, by the time I was in high school, um, I was well on my way to college and I thought for a moment, well, you know, college is good, but, you know, I, I kind of like the struggle. I kind of like helping those along the way. So when I graduated, uh, from high school and went to college, I kind of just left it at two years and just said, you know what, I'm going to just stick to survival mode. You know, um, I don't want to make a whole lot of money out there in the world. I want to do just enough to get by so that I can teach others how to get by as well. Uh, and I think that's kind of where the wisdom started to come into place. In, uh, in 99 is when I started to start to just take a seat and learn life, period. From there, Eden, you know, you you, yes. you know you know as a man with a visual impairment, and you are giving us the weather. Mm-hmm. You must have created history. Uh, I guess you could say that a lot of I've actually uh, several people said that you know it's like you you look at life so vividly so differently. Um, it's like a mathematical equation, you know. Um, I tell people. We all know that two plus two is four, but guess what? Three plus one is also four. 
five minus one also is four. There's so many ways you can get to that number in life. Uh, you don't always have to use the same numbers. And I just kind of equate that to pathways in life. Uh, when you're blind or when you have something wrong with you, there's always a different way to get to the end goal, uh, whatever that may be. But you know the beauty about it too, Willie. It gives weather for the whole entire globe. That's the beauty about it. Hmm? King Rock. I'm sorry, what was that? No, no, what I'm saying, the beauty about it, you 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 give you, you give the weather for most of the Caribbean islands, quite a few states, Africa, and also Asia. Yes. Yes, India as well. Uh, I was doing and um, Jamaica. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, it was a lot. It was a lot. Let me tell you. So, but you so know, when, when, you, when go ahead. so Eden, when mm -hmm. you look up, when you look up there, can you tell which mm -hmm. clouds have rain or which clouds don't have rain? How do you come to yeah. your conclusions? Um, I, I have a little bit of vision. Uh, it, it is depleting. It's, I'm not completely um, darkened yet. Mm. Uh, a lot of times I can just kind of feel it, especially at home. Uh, when I'm coming home, I can just feel the rain coming. You know, I can smell it in the air. I can sense it coming from a mile away. And so I have a knack for just knowing when it's going to, to rain. Uh, being in Oklahoma, I, I think, uh, for 10 years kind of got me in tune to that. Uh, I've, I've literally been a part of three tornadoes that hit directly where I was at. So uh, I kind of was just like, you know, what? this weather thing is just really nice. I mean, unless you really experienced it, it's like it's it's a phenomenon, you know, just to kind of be able to just be like, oh, man, here it comes, you know. <laughs> Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to step back a little bit from the weather. We're going to come back to that, but I want to know a little bit about um, your early days at school. Um, what was life like being a man with a sight impairment and going to school? What um, how did how did your parents um, do, uh, organize all of this? Uh, they were they were they were pretty supportive, you know. Saying they 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 put me through a lot of programs. I, I went to a school for the blind in Austin, Texas, mm -hmm. to try to get a little bit independent learning. Um, a lot of times they would say, you know, you got to sit in the front of the class so you can see the chalkboard. Um, you know, so school-wise, um, now they didn't have large print books. It wasn't as popular. So it was a bit of a struggle. I had to literally just kind of listen in to the teacher mm -hmm. more so. Mm -hmm. uh, my third grade teacher who were still friends today. She's still on my uh, Facebook. Uh, she was very, very understanding of that. So she would kind of give me extra tutoring. She would kind of, you know, since I couldn't read out of the book, she would just kind of spoon feed it to me. Like, okay, you know, this is the formula you got to use to do this. You know, she was a really good teacher. So she was very supportive when I was in elementary school uh, as far as, uh, you know, if, if your book is not reliable because, you know, I couldn't see it, too, you know, I didn't have a magnifier then either. Um, so I had to definitely put it in my listening ears when they taught the class. So uh, that came into play as, as I uh, was learning in school. How did you as a person cope now? Tell us about it. Tell us, some, uh, for example, what were your favorite subjects in school? Oh, definitely science, um, astrology, um, 
Math was probably my most hated. Uh, English, I loved English. Um, and I would say band. Uh, when I was playing the uh, the alto sax, I think those are my my top uh, that oh, I like. So you 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 you're, a, you're a musician too. as well. Uh, I played piano. I played a little bit of the saxophone in high school. I probably sound terrible now if I tried the saxophone, but I, I definitely played the piano. I played by ear. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't read notes, so if I hear it, I can just kind of replicate it on the piano. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you went through school, and then when you graduated, what did you go into? Um, after I graduated high school, I went to St. Philip's College. I went in for psychology and music. And it was then when I kind of met uh, a teacher, I'd say. I, I'll just call him a teacher. He's the kind of, he's the guy that kind of got me uh, learning the ways of the wisdom. You know what I'm saying? I, was, I, I gained the name Eden the Wise after his name being Eden. Um, he was, he started, I met him when he was a, a bum, you know, I was, I would go to the store at my grandparents' house. And when I went to the store, <clears throat> he would just, you know, I'd, I'd give him money or I'd feed him. So then I just kind of sat with them and he just told me about life and just, you know, things I knew already, he kind of just amplified it. It was like, you know, this is how I feel about life. Da, da, da. So then I kind of took that and just ran with it and was just like, you know what, I, I'm focused more on helping others. You know, his main thing is don't make it about you. Um, your goal is to help other people. You know what I'm saying? Um, you, you've been through it, you, you've survived. Now it's time to help other people who may be going through what you're going through. And so I really just put my ear to the ground, learned all I could and just, just went with it. Um, just, you know, expounding my wisdom even further and just, you know, teaching others who may say, hey, how do you deal with this or how do you deal with that? And I just tell them, you know, it just depends on the situation. It's, it depends on what I tell them. What were you like as a teenager? I mean, what? what tell us some of the pranks you got up to. Uh, it was teenage-wise. It was, it was a struggle, again, because of the glasses. Um, I was never the popular kid. Um, you know, I, I had my fair share of fun, you know, growing up. But, um, you know, I was just the, the quiet nerd, nerd, you know. In high school, in middle school, I was always, like, in hallways reading my books. Or, you know, when I finally got a hold of magnifiers, I was, you know, reading these books and stuff like that, just kind of expounding my, my knowledge. Uh, everybody else was kind of like, hey, we're going to the party. I'm just like, all right, guys, you you have fun. And I'd read a, a good book or something like that. And, um, you know, it was fun. I, I've had my wild days, I guess you can say, you know. Say, what about uh, the girls? What about the girls? What about the girls? I was a bit of a, I was a bit of a wild child on that because, you know, I guess being blind kind of made me feel a certain way in my younger years. So I was a bit of a player, you know, I was just, dating girls here and there, you know, saying not really caring about love because I always felt like in the back of my mind, there's no way you're going to accept me really, you know what I'm saying? So I never really took people seriously. You, you doubted yourself and your ability. Yes, yes. Uh, I doubted myself. I said, you know, because I knew one day I would lose a lot of my vision. I always knew that growing up. That was always in the back of my mind. So when I would date somebody, that would kind of make me be like, well, you know, I'm here for the fun, but 
I I just don't think you're gonna be around. Uh, mm. You know, and I've had that. I've had my 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 downfalls with when ladies, it's, you know, straight up told me, you know, I want a guy who can drive. I want a guy who can see. So I kind of anticipated what was gonna happen, but I just really didn't take a lot of things mm. uh, too serious when it came to love. I would say. But did you ever find that person that yes. you, you could you could interact with and gel with? Did you? I I, I have found the mother of my child, my children. I would say mm. uh, I did finally find the the piece to that puzzle. Um, you know, she was accepting. You know, what I'm saying mm. so. I, I definitely definitely. It was you know surprising. I want to hear more wonder. about this, <laughs> so I'm going to take a station break. And All right. Allow you to re regroup your thoughts, and when okay. we come when we come back, I want to hear about it and um how the transformation took place. We were talking before the break, and Eden told us that he is a family man. Eden, you yes. said you were you were shy and withdrawn. Mm-hmm. What brought about the transformation that led you to the lady of your life? Uh, you know, I was still shy actually. When I met her, I I was at a it was at a gas station in Oklahoma. She was on her way back to Kansas. Uh, I'm not sure where she was coming from, but I was buying some chips and I saw her and I said, "Golly, I just I I just have to at least try to get a number." So I shot my shot and walked up to her and said, "Hey, I." Think you're very beautiful. I gave her my number. Surprisingly, she called me, and the rest is history. Um, she really fell in love with my wisdom. She's, you know, she kind of was. I'm not a person she's used to dating, um, but because of just how intellectual I was, because of just, you know, how I presented myself, she, she definitely fell in love with that. Um, and it was surprisingly because, you know, I, I will admit I was a little promiscuous growing up. So when she did get pregnant, I was kind of like very surprised. I said, I, I've been trying for my whole life since I was 30 or actually my late twenties and I did never happen. So I guess it was a, a miracle or a, a meant to be kind of thing, um, that, uh, that we, you know, that I was fortunate to have uh, two children from her. Eden, you're not going to get away with it so easy. Yeah. Oh, crazy. What, <laughs> what, what attracted you to her? Um, well, I, I, I'm a sucker for eyes. Uh, she has light green to hazel eyes, um, uh, light, light skin with the long hair. And that's always kind of been like the dream girl that I wanted to date or, you know, back in the days. And I was like, man, I, I'll never get with a girl like that. And finally it was like, bam. Uh, when I met her, it was like beauty just hit me. She's just very, very cute in the face with the Chinese eyes, real light skin. And so I was just kind of like, you know, I'm thinking she's going to be like, no, I'm dating somebody already, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I'm, I'm I'm glad I shot my shot. Uh, mm-hmm. The mar- the wedding's going to be in October of this year, um, more most likely if if oh, God's willing. Oh, so so thing, things are moving from strength to strength. 
And you currently have two children in the family? Or three. She had one before three. me. Okay. How uh, old are but how old are they? Uh the oldest is twelve. Mm -hmm. Uh and then there's a three and a one year old. Okay. And they remind me of myself because they're so smart. They they just they catch on easily. Uh, mm -hmm. Remember the other day, my one year old kind of grabbed the stick and was kind of imitating my cane movements with it. And I said, mm -hmm. "Wow, that's <laughs> she's trying that's, to be like me." And I, I that's said, yeah, typical. That's, that's, that's a typical child of a, a blind parent. Eh? Mm -hmm. uh, one to one to imitate. Um, what what is life like for you? Eden in the kitchen? Uh, I, I used to know how to cook. I don't cook anymore because uh, she does most of the cooking. Um, but I would always kind of, when I was cooking, you know, beforehand, um, I wouldn't read instructions. I would kind of learn as I cooked. Uh, maybe, you know, listen to a couple of videos on how to do certain meals. So, you know, uh, I'm not a chef. But I would say I'm a good cook. Yeah. What What say. is Eden special? Spaghetti. Oh man, I used to make the bomb spaghetti. You know, so easy. I'd brown the meat, I'd uh, boil some noodles in some salt water, and just kind of pour a little meat on top of the noodles once it's all done. And it was just, you know, people loved it. I I think I got a few dates just off of that alone. You know. Uh, they taste my spaghetti and they'd be like, wow, you, you're blind and you cook that? And I, yeah, yeah. You know, I, when you watch your parents doing it for so long, you just kind of catch on and, uh, you know. Do you, do you do you use any gadgets, any specialized gadgets in your kitchen? Or you um, don't these days? No, not these days. Um, again, I would kind of just cook based off of just – instinct you know even when i made kool-aid i would just pour the right amount of sugar i don't know how i did it um i have devices at my disposal if need be i have a uh a buzzer if you put in a cup and you, you know when you pour your liquids it beeps when it gets to the to the top um so you know i have i have i, do, I find that thing a nuisance i don't know about you i don't like it either. i don't like it. I have it, but before we move on eden why, 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 why you don't tell the people about the granola? You're a guy, you, you love granola. Oh, you love granola. Granola? Yeah, granola's good. Granola's good. Uh, on, a, on a day, I'm feeling disciplined. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes, you know, if I don't want to eat a lot, if I'm at work, somebody will give me a granola bar, and I'm, I'm cool with that. You know, that, that'll that last me all the way. You, know what I'm you see, I, I, I know that. That's why I put it out there. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Sometimes you got to do the healthy thing. But if we can come back to that gadget that you put in the cup, mm -hmm. isn't it? I, I, I find it easier to just place a finger at the top of the cup. Uh, same here. Same yeah. here. I agree. That, that gadget there. is a real nuisance. Mm -hmm. you know? Yes, yes, it is. And, uh, and, and when you got to wake up at three o'clock, two o'clock in the morning and get some kids some juices, it, it, yeah. and the then the alarm goes off to go. everybody up. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't wear, it will wake everyone up if I use it. So the finger thing is definitely the way to go. Yes. So we we, we, we have learned ways as, as blind people to get around that, that, mm -hmm. that difficulty. But tell me now, you. In, in in raising your kids, 
what are some of the challenges you find as a as a person with sight impairment? What are oh, some man. of the challenges? It, the biggest challenge is holding your composure. You know, everybody who's been a father or who is a father, mm-hmm. the first thing we want to do is protect our kids. Mm-hmm. You know, that's always been my first and foremost priority. Uh, it's always uh, maybe step it up a notch as far as self-defense, mm-hmm. things of that nature. You know, as a blind person, the first thing you want to do is protect your kids. Um, you know, you want to just be that father. And, and also you want them to grow up understanding the blind community. You know, you want your family to be your biggest supporters. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes your friends are not going to always be there to understand what blind people go through. So I really want to iterate that to my children. You know, I, I want to be as open as I can about how I feel. You know, hey, daddy can't see this. Uh, my three-year-old uh, reluctantly kind of knows that I can't see. She'll she'll give me my, my magnifier with my phone mm-hmm. every time just to say, I know you have to use this. So I want to keep instilling that in them so that they can be as supportive, not just to me, but yes. to anyone else who might be going through what blind people go through in life, yes. you know what I'm saying? Yes. And I think the last part is not running into the kids when I get home from work. You know? mm-hmm. That's my, yeah. So it, it's, you, you're, you're really working with them in a, in, in a informal sense because you're mm-hmm. working, you're working with them so that they will understand and this is how we, you know, in the long run, this is how we're going to change attitudes. Yeah, yeah, because growing up, I had to face adversity as a blind person. I had to face the bullies and the and the naysayers and, and the laughs and stuff like that. So I want to mm-hmm. I want to make people around the world, not just with my children, but people. Period. Understand mm-hmm. that you know we're not asking for handouts. We're not asking to you know, for attention. We just we just want you to understand what we have to go through. You know what I'm saying? We go through a lot. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we go through the same things people go through, but we actually have to adjust accordingly to the world that is already that a sighted person would have to adjust to. You know what I'm saying? We have it, we have to step it up even more. So you know I want my kids to understand that uh, daddy is gonna need some help sometime. Daddy's gonna. Daddy wants you to grow up and you not be that person that doesn't understand the the blind community. You know, you may have they, to help they, somebody across the street. They are going yeah. to be future advocates. I, that's exactly what I want them to do. Uh, you know, and I like I said, I, I pour my knowledge into people because I tell you know, you never know what someone is going through. You mm-hmm. never know. You know, you never know what words you can say to somebody to help them or to encourage them or inspire them to be somebody. You never know. That's very true. Very, very true. That's so true. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. When, I, when I teach other people, um, I tell them words are very powerful. You mm-hmm. could have the power to create life or you could have the power to end it with just your words alone. You never know what you could tell somebody that might influence them to influence others, to influence others, you know. He is Eden the Wise, and um, we've been chatting about his life and his development, and he was telling us that he has 
three children. Eden, you want to tell us their names? Because I think children are our future. We should know them and recognize uh, them. I have, I have three beautiful girls. Uh, my oldest 12-year-old, her name is uh, Shaylin. The three-year-old's name is Skylin. And the one-year-old is Labraylin. Okay, so those are yeah. And um, you also told us that you are in the church as a minister. You want to tell us about that? What led you to into that ministry? Why did you decide? Uh, interesting story. Uh, watching my grandpa grow up and me growing up in the church, I mm. swore I would never be a minister. I, I've always had dreams about being in a pulpit preaching and then I'd wake up and say, oh, no, that that that's never going to be me. I could never see myself doing that. Uh, partly because, you know, growing up as a blind person, you have your doubts. You know, why, why would mm -hmm. God do this to me? Why would God do that? Um, I didn't hate God personally, but I, I, I held a little grudge on why I was the chosen one to go through these things uh, growing up. Uh, but I always cling to reading the Bible, reading other books. Uh, I actually respect all religions. I don't really just cling to what well, I'm, I'm non-denominational. Um, I feel everybody has a piece to a certain slice of the pie. So, um, but growing up, I would, you know, I would read, I would learn, study the Bible. It was very interesting to me. Mm -hmm. um, but I always kept my distance from those type of dreams. Uh, and it wasn't until I'd say two years ago. I was supposed to, three years ago, I would say, I was supposed to speak at a church event. And rather than speaking, I started preaching. And by the end of it, uh, they were like, we're going to go ahead and ordain you. Uh, it was your calling. And I, and I, and it, now that I think back, it was the same exact dream I had when I was nine years, nine, 10 years old. So it was kind of like, okay, maybe this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I do it anyway for free. Uh, I might as well just, I mean, I still do it for free, but I might as well just make a career out of being a preacher to, you know, give the good word to help other people. Because I've always been that guy to help others. Uh, my cousin and I were talking the other day and he was like, how come you stopped playing the piano? I thought you were going to be like a famous musician or something. And I told him, I said, growing up, I never really liked music like that. I never really liked playing the piano. I played it because I was good at it. But I've always felt like I was meant for something else. And me being a minister was that something else. You know, I've always counseled people growing up. I would meet strangers. Or I'd meet different people and just kind of help them, give them advice. Uh, some people were just kind of like, how come you don't be a counselor? Or how come you don't be a psychologist? And I always tell people, I, I don't want to get paid to do anything like that. That's just something I just like to do. Um, if I could help somebody, if I can guide them in the right direction, if I could just, you know, help them have a better life, or help them have a better day, you know, put a smile mm -hmm. on their face. It means the world to me. When so do you, pastor, do you pastor church? No, 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 no. I think that's a big responsibility. They keep saying, well, you know, when we pass on or when we retire, you're going to be the next pastor. But I'm just like, I don't know about that. You know, I just, you know, I'm just kind of a go with the flow kind of guy. I just want to help mm -hmm. people. But if it's his will, you know, if, if it's my calling or if it's something I'm supposed to do, then I'm going to do it. But What you know, what denomination yeah. are you attached to? Not denominational. I grew up in the Baptist faith. Uh, my grandpa was a Baptist uh, 
uh, pastor. Uh, my dad uh, started in Catholic, but then he became Baptist after he met my mom. So I kind of grew up in the Baptist faith around that uh, commodity. So okay. uh, even though I'm non-denominational, I was I was pretty much born and raised in the Baptist faith. Mm -hmm. So now you are you are an ordained minister and what mm -hmm. you preach based on assignments given to you by the church? Um no, and actually they it it's more of uh they just point to me and say it's your day to preach. And then I go up there and, and uh I'm I'm uh, the youth minister. Okay. Um, but I can, but I also preach on other Sundays, so it's it's not necessarily assignments. I mean, I get assigned Sundays where they tell me, okay, it's you know, it's your Sunday to preach. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it was nervous. I would say my first time, and I was definitely definitely nervous. But everybody said I did so well, and I'm just like, I don't even know half the stuff I was really saying. I was just, I was really just kind of talking what the Lord was telling me. And, you know, you, you get in that trance, you know, you're saying stuff and you're just kind of in that moment. And then when I got done, everybody was just so uplifted. They were just like, wow, I, you know, I've never heard you speak like that in life. You know, do you love to read outside of the Bible? Because you must read the Bible a lot to preach. But outside yes, of the of Bible, course. do you love to read? Um. I, I like to read different kinds of books. I think the most recent books I've read. Um, and they're kind of controversial books. They're non-biblical, but they kind of tie in. I, uh, the last two books I was reading was uh, Dante's Inferno and Lost Paradise. Okay. Do you love music? Yes, I love music. I love music. You love to listen to music. Yes. What, what, um, what, what genres do you like? I'm a different kind of read. I, I really, I mean, hip hop is okay, but I love ambient music. I love uh, vibrant music, um, like Jamaican island music. I mm. love ambient music. When I was a kid growing up, I had this station I would listen to called Musical Star Streams that would come on Sunday nights only. Um, that kind of made me just fall. My mom used to call it whale music, but I, it's it's ambient music. It's electronica genre-ish. Uh, house music is good. You know, I love the more instruments, the better. Um, if you've heard of Steve Roach, I love Steve Roach's music. Uh, Moby, he's a religious guy, actually. He he makes good music. Um, and a lot of songs that I like don't have words to them, per se. They just have a certain rhythm to them. Instrumental. Uh, and and also you like to hear and also you like you, you like to hear the 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 lightning and the thunder at night. You like to hear that kind of music, well, that kind that kind of sound. Yes, my Alexa app stays on thunder and thunder and lightning and stuff like that. And you know, and surprisingly, shout out to UBC Radio. They have good music that I like. You know, I'll be laying in the bed at midnight or eleven o'clock, and the kids are finally asleep, and I put my headphones on, and I'm just like. I'm gonna go to UC because they got that rhythm music, that mm -hmm. just that good vibe music that I like. So, yeah. Yes, and and really the music, the music is is the kind of music that relaxes you. Mm -hmm. the, the UVC music. Tell me now. Yes. I'm going to put you on the spot. Imagine. Oh, go ahead. Put, I'm always ready. Imagine okay. putting you on the spot towards the end of the interview. If okay. you were if you were exiled on an island. 
mm-hmm. and you could only take one album, one musical album. Which one would you take? Ooh, man, it would have to be uh, Steve Roach. He kind of gets, he, he has a lot of music. I mean, if I could take musical star streets with me, I would take that. But if I just had to pick one album, one artist, mm. it would definitely have to be Steve Roach. Um, a, a lot of music that, that I, like I said, a lot of music that I grew up liking is on my YouTube. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like if you want to know my music, you definitely would have to go to my YouTube page. It, it, it has nothing but playlist after playlist of the kind of music that I'm talking. Where can we find you? How can uh, we find you, you on YouTube? YouTube, I'm known as Master Eden on YouTube, E-D-E-N, Master Eden. You have to look for the ice and fire yin-yang symbol. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how you know it's me on YouTube. And you have all kinds of music that you love. All, yes, all kinds of ambient music. It's all playlist named, so it, it just depends on uh, what name. I think the ones you that I would like that people would probably like uh, is it's called the Garden of Light and Dark. Uh, on one of my playlists, the playlist itself is called Garden of Light and Dark. And do you I play? Do you? Do you play mm-hmm. a sport? Do you play any sport? Uh, I played a little bit of football. Uh, I played a little football. Being short, it didn't last too, too long. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did play a little bit of football. Uh, by the time I was in high school, I was in band and in choir. Okay. You, yeah, you, so sound, you sound as if you could, you would be a, an excellent singer. Oh, man. I, I don't have, think so. I, you have that like kind I of voice. To. You <laughs> have like that I kind of to. voice. Yeah, back then I won a lot of championship rewards in high school for my vocals. Uh, now that I'm 42, I, I I wouldn't seem to save my life. <laughs> in wrapping up this interview, Eden, leave. I want you to leave some words of encouragement with our listeners um, uh, okay. and motivation. You can take the next three minutes. Okay. And do that. Um, I want to say, you know, this is why I love UBC. Um, they have a lot of educational programs, uh, a togetherness, a family thing. It's it's everything that I've stood for growing up until now. I tell people all the time when they give me a chance to talk. Um, Make it about someone else. You never know who you're encouraging. There's a girl out there that's seven years old that has no idea she's going to lose her vision. You know, there's a mom out there that's carrying a child that doesn't know that that child's going to lose their vision when they're born. You know, always think about the next generation. Plant the seed for them. Um, Take what you learn in life and, and help others get through what you have gotten through. Educate them so that they know how to get through life. Uh, I always have a saying that my grandpa actually told me when I was growing up. Uh, He would always say, uh, don't down the person who's down today, but pity them in sorrow. But Mm -hmm. this old world is a funny old world. You might be down tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I took that so to the heart that I've always said, what can I do to help 
someone else. I'm not keeping up with the time, so you gotta let me know when three minutes is up. But you know, I've always prided myself in saying, okay, I've always prided myself in saying it's not about me. You know, I'm gonna deal with my own pains and sorrows. But what can I do to reach back? and not let the door close behind me on someone behind me that said, hey, I'm gonna be blind too, or I'm blind too. What can I do to make them better in life as far as letting them know this is my story, this is how I got through it. And if I can make it, you can do it too. Yeah, that's 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 an excellent note on which to end this interview. Indeed, words from the wise. They, they don't call you Eden the wise in vain at all. <laughs> we want to thank you very much for coming in and chatting with us and sharing your story. And, oh, no um, problem. I'm sure you have been an inspiration to many. If you have any questions or comments regarding this program, please address them to norwill2 at gmail.com. That is N-O-R-W-I-L-L number two at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Have a happy and productive week. That's it for today. Join me next time when we will present another in the series Vision Scope. Music was provided by Rennie Williams Jr.